as hell and I wanna get ill So I go to a place where my homeboys chill Fellas out there trying to make that dollar I pulled up in the six-fold Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bored as Hell podcast. I'm Adam McDonald with Big Shiny Robot. And I'm Andy Wilson, also a Big Shiny Robot. Uh, and we got two movies for you this week. They kind of share some similar themes as far as... Trying to go for the you know horror slash action spooky dream. Uh, so the we got the the horror film it comes at night, and then the reboot revamp of the Mummy with Tom Cruise, which is the start the kickoff of uh, Universal's Dark Universe, where they're gonna have it's basically like the MCU but with the Mummy, uh, Phantom of the Opera. Uh, Frankenstein, Dracula, Draclias, all that kind of fun stuff. You know, yeah. werewolves. Uh, so you know, we do go worst to first, uh, and so we are going to start with the mummy. Yeah, we are because it's not the worst thing in the world, but there are a lot of problems. Um, Andy, why don't you just let us know what barely semblance of a plot there is to this film? Sure. This is. I mean, this is simple. Uh, you got Tom Cruise, he's a soldier, and he's kind of a bad soldier because he's using uh, his time in Iraq to go out and search for treasure. And he's very while naughty. He, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, as part of this, uh, he stumbles upon a tomb and goes in there, and there is a mummy, and he and everyone who is with him is cursed, and bad stuff starts happening as they take the mummy back to England, and there's plagues and plane crashes, and the mummy wants him for some reason, and she's raising an undead army, and um, that's basically it, which is all essentially uh, one big setup for action sequence after action sequence. Not a whole lot of plot, but a bunch of crazy things happening, Tom Cruise running around, and uh, big Hollywood stunts. Uh, I I found that I found that part of the movie that was just about the mummy, the mummy's curse, etc., um, to be kind of cool. Uh, I liked that it was a female mummy, Sophia Butella, who uh, we of course loved in Kingsman as uh, Samuel L. Jackson's um, odd job type character with the uh, with the crazy razor legs. Yeah, she's and, a, she's wonderful. I love her in anything she's in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and she was great in Star Trek Beyond too. So uh, she she is really good in this. Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise, and um, the rest of it, the entire setup to this dark universe, sucks. It sucks so hard. That is that is my <laughs> that is my entire <laughs> review in a nutshell, right there. Adam, what did you think of it? So. It- Here's the thing: is you know, this is the like you said, the kickoff to the the new dark universe. This reeks of originitis so hard, like you can oh, smell yeah. it from twenty miles away. Um, that being said, however, the first third of the movie I loved because it's like a swashbuckling adventure movie. They're going into you know, Egypt, finding this tomb, sets up a cool mythology. The creature comes out. It's really cool. Actually, when the mummy first comes out and is stealing people's souls to make herself stronger, it's pretty creepy. Like they do the whole like jerky, twisty body motion thing that was freaky as hell. Yeah. Uh, and and I should mention that part right there. That got so scary that my son, who I, who begged me to go and see this, and has seen all of the Marvel movies, he is obsessed with survival horror video games. 
uh, Resident Evil. He loves the Five Nights at Freddy's franchise. Yeah. So this kid likes scary stuff. He freaked out and begged me to take him out into the lobby at that point. So there's some like scary, spooky stuff in that mummy part. And again, I like that mummy part. Yeah. And then, Adam, after that first third... And then after the first third, we get to the second third, where it tries to set up everything and build exposition, and we get Russell Crowe as Dr. Jekyll, who is kind of like a Van Helsing character. Uh, and at that point in the movie, everything just grinds to a halt and just becomes slow and boring and meticulous and just not interesting at all. Like I almost fell asleep, and I don't do that at movies and obviously if I would have fallen asleep I would have I would not be reviewing it because you know you don't do that but uh no it was so boring and then like the last act is when everything goes to hell and they just throw everything at the wall to see what sticks to seem to make sure it'd be fun and exciting and while there are some cool parts in that and they uh they do a few homages to the last remake of The Mummy with Brendan Fraser um you'll, you'll, you'll see the Book of the Dead in the movie which is kind of fun uh, and there's the way the mummy kind of starts to destroy London is fun. But by then you just don't care anymore. <laughs> I really wanted to. I wanted to like this movie. I went in rooting for this. And the first third had me all excited. And then I was like, bleh. Um, but I will say uh, the movie I want to see is the one that this sets up. Uh, the last 15 minutes, which I'm not going to say because it is a spoiler. Um, went the route I was hoping it would. I actually was really excited they did what they did with it. Um, and the ending scene is really, really cool and actually has me excited to see what's going to happen next. But I wish that could have been the movie we saw now. You know, Or, or maybe that's the, first, that's the setup for the film and then you go from there. But uh, it just leaves a lot to be desired and it left me, I guess we could say with blue balls, to see the movie that I wanted to see. <laughs> I will say that the end, the last 15 minutes, which I'm not going to say because it's a spoiler, uh, is interesting. They took the end where I wanted it to go, and normally they don't do that. They didn't do the stereotypical... I mean, you saw it coming, but still, it was kind of cool. And the last scene of the movie is really fun, exciting. That's the movie I want to see. I want to see what they're doing with Tom, Tom Cruise's character, and I wish they could have actually shown that in this movie, because I left with blue balls. And see, that is where I completely disagree with you. I feel like that last third, it just completely lost its way. And I kept sitting there thinking, wow, they really wrote themselves into a corner. They have no idea what they're doing. They don't know where this is going. And they're not going to be able to pull this off. And then they made really weird choices. And I I disagree that I'm not excited about what they're doing next. I, I felt in a way a lot like I felt about Split, where uh, they they kind of pull this rabbit out of their hat at the end. Ta-da! And they're like, see? See what we were doing? That means you have to like it now. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> well, no, I, no, I'm no. Fully, the, I'm fully on board with you. The last third of the movie falls apart even worse than anywhere else. Uh but again, the, the the point we do disagree on is that last ten minutes 
got me back in and probably bumped up my score by a point or two because before then I was like, I, I'm done. I don't care anymore. But I love unhappy endings. Mm-hmm. And that's what you got in this. So, And that's not really a spoiler, but that's, that's kind of what happened. So, I, I can see that, but I feel like it wasn't earned. First of all, every time that... Henry Jekyll shows up to monologue and explain what's oh, going I to on. Kill myself. It the film just grinds to a screeching halt, and the times when they're telegraphing what they're going to do at the end is during that ham-fisted exposition, and I, I guess I just didn't buy it, and I think if they had been more deft and more subtle and better about setting this whole thing up, then it might have been interesting. And and I can kind of see where they were going and what they wanted to do. But I ultimately, I feel like a shared universe needs to be something that you earn. And you earn it by making a really good, solid first movie that sets everything up. Then you make a really solid second movie that is just barely connected to the first one. And a third that that is the same way. And yeah, you, you leave some breadcrumbs between them and you make it clear that they're in the same universe. You have one character that kind of yeah. crosses over, but you don't spend your whole time winking at the audience about this. Like, look at what the MCU did. They introduce this new character of Phil Coulson, who shows up everywhere, and he's just a dude. He's just a guy who works for S.H.I.E.L.D., and he was the way that we connected all of these things through. And you had Nick Fury showing up at the yeah. end of every movie, like, trying to recruit people into the Avengers initiative. But um, that's what you do. And I feel like what they were trying to do here was trying to front load that entire shared universe experience if they just made a really solid mummy movie that would have been okay um but i gotta tell you i'm not excited about the idea that tom cruise is going to be our phil colson or our nick fury that that ties this entire universe together and that's kind of the feeling that I'm getting here. It's not that I hate Tom Cruise. I've really liked his last couple of movies, actually. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think he's the guy to do it. I think you set up your your villains in iconic ways. I mean, they already got an amazing mummy. And that's great. That's what you need. Um, I'm not sure why you need Tom Cruise and Russell Crowe to be the ties that bind this universe together, except that they're A-list Hollywood actors that guys in suits think make a movie successful or not successful, because that's not true. Um, so I, I just, I don't know. That, the, that ending point really confused and sort of angered me. So it, they, they just completely lost me there. Um, and it's hard to say exactly why without spoiling it, but once you've seen it, you'll know. But, yeah. but don't see it. But don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and, and to be fair, I mean, audiences did like it, uh, but 
uh, more positively, Wonder Woman smashed it at the box office this weekend. Uh, Wonder Woman took an almost double its gross, and actually is now the fifth highest grossing movie of the year. So that's kind of fun. Um, so I, I'm, I'm. Here's my thing: is like, we're disagreeing on the ending. I think we're pretty close in scores. I'm actually at a five, kind of right in the middle, because I do think the first act was strong enough to make me invested, in, and then it all kind of fell apart after that. But unlike you, I do really want to see the next movie in the series. I want to see where they take Tom Cruise's character, what they do with him. And even though I, I do agree with some friends that this movie feels like it's beneath Tom Cruise as far as he's too talented to be here, um, I still like him. I think he, he's a great actor. He has fun with what he's doing. Uh, he's batshit crazy in real life, but <laughs> but he's always fun in his movies. So I think that the mummy portion of this movie is really solid. That first mm-hmm. third act the creepy stuff, awesome. I give that movie a 7 if you just took the 50, 55 minutes of this movie that was just about the mummy and Tom Cruise, cool. That movie was a 7. Go check that out. All of the shared universe stuff, I would give a 0 to, except for somehow the scenery-chewing acting of Russell Crowe is kind of captivating to watch. Even oh, I as hate terrible it. Every it second. He's on screen, I wanted to gouge my eyes out. I hated it so much. <laughs> I don't know. It was it was into the so bad it's good range for me, and so it took that back up to a one. So if I take those two and I average them together, then I get a four. And um, that's, that's where I am at this movie. I mean, if you really love Tom Cruise, if you really love... Universal monsters and and mummy movies. Go see the originals. <laughs> that's true. go go see the originals and go watch um, Live Die Repeat, The Edge of Tomorrow, and we can uh, and and I think you'll have a much better movie experience. But speaking of a better movie experience, I did get to see something that was actually pretty scary, and that is a. a new independent film called It Comes at Night. Uh, This is being branded as a horror film, which I think is actually horrible marketing. Uh, There's not a lot in this that really strikes me as a horror film. Uh, It is a suspenseful, apocalyptic drama set at the end of the world where a virus has wiped out almost all of humankind. Mm-hmm. You have Joel Edgerton and his family living out in their country house somewhere isolated in the Texas hills, and uh, they're just trying to stay alive, and uh, they meet another guy named Will, and he says he has a family, and they're like, well, the best thing that we can actually do is invite them to come in and live with us, because if we send them away then they might come back here with other people and try and take our stuff. So why don't we actually, like, bring them in and keep an eye on them? Uh, and it, mm-hmm. and and there's some, some closeness that develops between them, some of it healthy, some of it unhealthy. Um, it's, it's very obvious that Will isn't 100% on the level with them and being completely honest about what's going on, uh, whether that is intentional or he just, you know 
accidentally misspoke. We don't know. Uh, and there's some issues because Will and his wife, who and they have a, a young toddler-age son, um, they're in their early 20s, and uh, Joel Edgerton's family has a 17-year-old son named Travis. Well, uh, there is some attraction between... Travis and uh, and the other wife, who I should point out uh, was one of uh, Immortan Joe's harem, uh, who Furiosa stole in mm-hmm. Mad Max Fury Road. Those are really the only two recognizable people in this entire film, uh, which is too bad because uh, the kid who plays Travis is amazing, and he and Joel Edgerton both say so much with with just a glance and a look. And without saying anything, because this script is very underwritten, um, some very taciturn people uh, who have to say a lot more by emoting rather than uh, saying, uh, which is really interesting. And we follow Travis through most of the movie. Uh, We see his dreams, uh, his nightmares mostly, uh, and which most of which revolve around fears of being sick and you know what happens when this plague comes to get them uh, and you'll you'll understand why i i think that this is a really interesting film it's really interesting cinematography uh they use light and darkness very well of course it's the end of the world not everything is lit very well they have lanterns they have flashlights they have fire and uh you know there there's an interesting connection to the movie The Witch, uh, not only that they're doing that same sort of thing where they're using the the sort of ambient light to light the film uh, so that you get a very cloistered and atmospheric creepiness uh, going on, mm-hmm. uh, but also supposedly the, the same goat who played Black Phillip in The Witch also makes a cameo in this film. Yeah, I saw that, and I was that's why I was kind of intrigued, because as much as I, I don't like The Witch, and and to be honest, I do need to go see it again. Maybe I just was in a bad mood when I saw it. Uh, yeah, did I. Because I have so many friends who absolutely love that film and everything about it. Uh, I, I, I That was kind of funny to be like, oh, this they're, they're crossing movies over for some weird reason. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, what was interesting about the witch is, spoiler alert, there is an actual witch and there's a malevolent presence out there in the woods um, that makes this very uh, creepy and scary. And that that makes literal baby lotion. (laughs) But it comes at night. You... I want to warn people away from this. This is not a traditional horror movie. You should not come in expecting a scary monster. I also don't know where they got this title. It has nothing to do with the movie. There is nothing in the movie that comes at night except maybe fear, paranoia, insomnia, nightmares. I mean, that comes at night. Uh, Horniness... I mean, like, that's, like those are the only things that seem to come at night in this movie. But everything else, it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, but that being said, even though there's nothing really supernatural here, the scary part of it is humanity. And the the lengths that we will go to to protect one another, 
to watch out for one another, and also the lines that we will and won't cross to protect our own family and to protect our own. Uh, it's very tense. Uh, it's it's really good. There are a couple of scenes that just man had me on the edge of my seat the the entire time, and I'm like. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? What is going on? That feeling is perfect in this film. So even though this isn't a horror movie in that sense, if you're looking for a suspenseful ride and something interesting, uh, I, I think this is really great and people will enjoy it. Just don't go in expecting an actual monster in the woods who's making people sick. Because that's not what this movie is. Uh, so I, I give this a seven out of ten, and um, oh wow, nice! Yeah, I think it's definitely better than the Mummy. Um, I think you should go check it out. Uh, you, this is one of those great movies where you can see how much someone can do with very little. It's fairly low budget, uh, not a lot of you know, no real explosions or anything like that. A really great look at what you can do uh, on an indie level. And I hope to see more from this filmmaker and uh, from this cast. So go check nice. it out. Yeah. Good to know. Actually, that actually uh, I had some friends who uh, didn't think as highly of it, and so I was going to skip this, but honestly, I you, you have me interested. So <laughs> Yeah, it's... I mean, just don't expect... A monster, <laughs> and I think I that's what the movie's for. <laughs> yeah, I think they really marketed this badly. And uh, the other thing is, it's hard to think about this movie without comparing it to Get Out. Um, they've both had similar budgets, um, similar kind of real world premises, and it felt like Get Out had so much to say and said it all in a, a really short space and time. It comes at night. I don't know if there's anything here except for a sense of, like, nihilism and depression uh, and, and a study on the human condition. Uh, but, you know, not every movie has to have a deep social political message. So I can forgive it that, but... It's very hard when this has come out within only a few months of Get Out to not compare it to Get Out and say, like, yeah, but Get Out was so much better. <laughs> it, it, it's like comparing uh, a Phase 1 Marvel movie to Logan. It's They're just not even in the same boat. Yeah, they're, exactly. They're not doing the same thing at all. And it's kind of unfair to judge them uh, when you have someone who really understands what they're doing and really nailed the material. Uh, but other than that, and and the fact that don't expect a monster, I don't have any complaints with this. I had a lot of fun. Nice. Cool. Well, there you go. The, uh, the, the recommend of the week is It Comes at Night. So check that out. Uh, but like Andy said, go in expecting something not quite like a normal horror movie. Yeah, so next week actually is going to be pretty busy. we got a lot going on. We've got Disney Pixar's Cars 3. Uh, we've got 47 Meters Down, which is the Mandy Moore shark movie, which I've actually heard fun things about, uh, and, and that it's gory as hell. Um, and then The Book of Henry. So three movies next week. 
Uh, we'll be back to tell you about them, let you know if they're any good, if you should go see them, or if you should just go see Wonder Woman again, because it's amazing. So, <laughs> Yes. Because <clears throat> I'm going to. I'm going to probably go see it again tomorrow. But uh, until then, hail Satan, and have a lovely afternoon. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Punk ass tripping, but it's alright. Homie scored a key, he's gonna fly. Punk ass fly.